Before the reading this morning, may I just make a brief, shameless promotion of the adult Bible class. Since next Sunday is the Every Member Sunday, I think we called it uh, there, Kelly, Every Member Sunday, I think is a great opportunity for all adults to just take the exception and come and attend the adult Bible class. We've got a number of things going on, but the one that I'm most interested in, um, shamelessly, is my own, that being on the subject of justice. I have never, in being 40 years as a Christian, I do not recall studying the subject of justice in church in any center. And so perhaps you find yourself in the same place, and therefore it would be a great opportunity to come and learn something about justice. The, uh, I have very good news this morning because if you attend next Sunday and register, the class will be free because in an effort to boost uh, budgetary um, funds, we're going to charge $300 from then on. But if you attend next week, you didn't pay this week, did you? Can you imagine? I think, Kelly, it would be just the most... Wouldn't it have been great? No, it wouldn't have been great. Thank God. And I said that absolutely respectfully. But if you had to pay $100 every Sunday to be here, would you do it? What about $1,000? What about a million dollars? What about an impossible amount? But somebody stood at the door and said, you know what? I'll pay for you. Come on in. I'll pay for you. Come on in. The reading this morning is taken from the book of Acts. It's going to be the opening lines to the book of Acts, which is actually a sequel to the book of Luke. The book of Acts opens with the following words. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles that he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I'll tell you what, now that you're seated, there's probably somebody here that you don't know this morning, and why don't we all stand up, look around you, and take a moment and say hi to each other, okay? Let's greet one another. All right, if you'd like to take a seat, please, we will get started again. Gregory, how are you? Like never before, my friend. If you haven't had a chance to get to to know Gregory Kleinsaucer very well, Greg and I spent spent some time together the last couple of days and then drove back last night. I didn't know this about Mr. Kleinsaucer, but he loves to look at deer uh, alongside the road as you're driving along. And I'd love to do that too. And so he and I were driving home last night. (gasps) There's one! We'd pull over, look, and it was exciting. So, Gregory... 
Nice to see you this morning, too. This morning, I want to do something that I have done before, uh, but it fits so well with what we're talking about that I'm going to do it again today. And the benefit of this is that for those of you who don't know me very well, if you are new to us and, and you just don't know Kelly, uh, I'll, I'm going to give you a chance to know me a little bit better. And what I want to do this morning is just kind of give my own testimony. I was born to uh, two loving parents uh, after they had been married for 18 years. They could not have children. My mother had several miscarriages. And so uh, finally, uh, when they had been married for 18 years, they they got married when she was 17 and he was 18. And uh, and so she was 35 and he was 36 when I was born. And then uh, I was a twin. So there was a, a twin sister who doesn't look exactly like me running around somewhere in the world. And um, they were wonderful people in so many respects. Uh, my mother died, however, uh, after, you know, this was, it's such a tragedy in, in many ways. And I've thought about this as an adult that, you know, they waited for 18 years to have children. And then when I was nine, mom contracted uh, leukemia and she passed away. And so uh, after 27 years of marriage, uh, dad lost his wife and had three little kids still to raise. So we're in the process of all of that, and uh, Dad eventually, a couple of years later, married a, another lady who became my stepmother. And things were not horrible or anything for me, but they were a long ways from being good. And the reason why they weren't as good as they could have been is because my father had an alcohol problem. And the lady that he married uh, had an alcohol problem as well and facilitated his alcohol problem. And so... When I was in high school, uh, junior high and high school, my father was drunk uh, almost every night. Uh, like I, I actually did things to get out of the house. And so from about grade 7 until grade uh, 11 or so, I was out of the house almost every night. And fortunately for me, we had in our town a, a boys club. And the, the uh, boys club was uh, very much oriented around athletics. And I was into that. And so I found things to do at the boys club that were related to athletics every night. Like, I don't know if you can imagine having your children out of the house five nights a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But I was out of the house every night. And so I'd leave after dinner and I'd come home at, uh, you know, at nine o'clock in the evening. And it's because I just couldn't take the fact. I mean, it's part of it anyway. I couldn't take the fact that my dad would come home from work. And he would start drinking, and he'd be drunk every night. Well, that, as you can imagine, made life difficult in many ways. Uh, you know, that's what you would call a dysfunctional family. And my sisters uh, certainly endured that kind of dysfunctional family as well. Uh, my, I have a sister who's a year younger than me. My, my sister and I, that were twins, uh, had another, there was another baby girl born after we were. And so that daughter, who's a year younger than me, has been on crystal meth uh, almost all of her adult life. A couple of years ago, my sister and I and a cousin kind of got together, and we literally bought my younger sister a whole new mouth full of teeth because the crystal meth had just rotted her teeth out. And so we, you know, she has false teeth now because drugs wrecked her previous ones. My other sister, my twin... Uh, has been uh, 
married uh, four or five times. I can't remember which. I know that sounds just like the story in the Bible, and it and it's true. I mean, I, I, I you know, it's like you've been married this many times, and the man you're with now is not your husband. Now she's married again right now, and I'm grateful that she's married. Uh, but that's been the story of her life as an adult. Well, there's only one thing that separates me from all of that. And it's my relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the fact that when I was 14, a friend of mine said to me, you need to come to Bible camp with me. There are girls there everywhere. (laughs) And I thought, this is for me. So I went to that Bible camp, and I've told this story before, but on Wednesday morning of Bible camp, I'm walking up the hill toward the boys' cabins, and I've got all my cronies around me. There were six or seven of us friends that all went to the Bible camp that year. I'm walking up the hill towards the boys' cabin, and I'm probably swearing. I don't remember. But I was not happy at all with the way things were going at the camp. I wasn't pleased that I was there. We're sitting in Bible classes in the morning, Bible classes in the afternoon. We're listening to sermons at night. We're singing songs that I don't know. Uh, Like there wasn't any of that that was familiar to me. None of it was attractive. I wasn't interested at all in Jesus. I was there really to meet those girls that I mentioned. And I couldn't figure out what in the world we were doing. I kept thinking I thought I was going to be doing archery and canoeing and swimming in the lake and climbing mountains or whatever. I didn't think I would be in Bible classes. So that's Wednesday morning and I'm a little bit put out about that. By Thursday night, I had completely given my heart to Jesus Christ. He turned things around for me just like that. And it was through the preaching of some people who were there. There was preaching going on and the classes that were going on and then the the counselors and the experiences that I had with them. It was all wonderful. Robin's brother was actually there as a a counselor. And, uh, I mean, it was just wonderful. And it it turned my whole life around. Now, at that point, I didn't even know what I was doing. Uh, I was there for a couple of, you know, for, for a couple of more days uh, had a chance to be baptized, but was not because I didn't, I didn't know anything about what I was really doing. I just knew that all of this love that I was experiencing and all that I'd heard about Jesus was transforming my heart. So I, I went home and I was home for a couple more weeks. And, uh, I have to tell you, I, I spied a girl at church, uh, during those couple of weeks. Uh, and I'll get to that in a moment, but I did kind of spy this girl when I was at church. And then I, about two weeks later, I said to uh, one of the elders in the church who had kind of befriended me, and I said, listen, I, I heard about Jesus up at this Bible camp a couple of weeks ago, but I was not baptized, and I'd like to go back up there and be baptized at that camp. And he said, sure, I'll be glad to take you up there. He grabbed a couple other guys from the youth group, and he took me up there on a Sunday afternoon. I had to go and ask my dad if I could do this. Dad said that was fine. You know, dad didn't understand it, but he said, yeah, that's fine. In fact, what dad said was, it's your decision. You're old enough. It's time for you to make decisions in life, I guess. Make, you know, it's your decision. So I did. I went up to the Bible camp. Um, I'd like to say that I was absolutely pure the night that I went up there, but I was sitting around uh, this big fire, you know, a fire pit with on these big logs with all the other teenagers. And I spied across the fire pit uh, this girl that I had seen 
at church in the intervening two weeks. And so I said to my buddy just before my baptism, I'm going to go meet that girl. And so I got up and I walked around and I sat down on the log next to her. And I said, you know, I said my, my pickup line was, so I'm going to be baptized tonight. And, and she looked at me and she patted me on the leg and she said, well, isn't that nice? And uh, if you've heard this story, then you know uh, that she and I have been married for 32 years now. And, it, I, <laughs> and so I met, I met my wife on the night that I was baptized, which is such a blessing to me. Anyway, so I came to Christ that night. I was baptized. I've told the story before. There was one guy there that I'd kind of grown up with. Uh, he was the older brother of the person who'd asked me to go to camp. And, uh, you know, he kind of hated my guts. <laughs> and so uh, I came out of the water, and he was the first one that greeted me uh, when I came out of the water and said, welcome to the family. And uh, that's actually Robin's cousin, so I, I, or cousin-in-law. And so I'm so grateful that, uh, you know, that God invited me into the family and, and uh, enabled me to come to know him. Well, I, I say all of that again this morning. I know I've told that story to you before. If you're, if you're new and you didn't know me, then you know a little bit more about me now. Uh, for those of you who knew me already, you probably thought, well, I've got to hear this story again. Um, but I'd say I tell the story again this morning because of this. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus says very specific things about calling us to witness for him. And I am so grateful that there was a time in my life when somebody took opportunity to witness to me about Jesus. I'm just so grateful for that. I went to this camp with completely different intentions. And in the course of that, I, I heard the message of Christ. Jesus was witnessed to me by others. My friend that invited me to Bible class, he was witnessing to me, or to Bible camp, I should say, was witnessing to me about Jesus. And because he took that opportunity, my life was completely turned around. I am not in the same shoes that my sisters were in. I'm not in the same shoes that my father was in. I'm not in the same shoes that all the rest of my father's family were in. It's different for me. And it's only because of Christ. Now, when I say it's different for me, of course, I don't mean I'm perfect or anything like that. No, I mean, I could catalog the mistakes that I've made in my life, and we, I don't want to do that for you this morning. But I'm so grateful that somebody witnessed to me about Jesus. Now, let me show you something that's true. This, this, is, this always works with every crowd. It will work with this one, too. Okay. If you were converted through a campaign, like the church here has had campaigns before, and they've been actually very successful. But if you were converted through a Bible campaign where somebody maybe came from out of town or whatever and knocked on your door and brought you to Jesus eventually in that way, raise your hand if you were converted through a campaign. Okay? You're raising your hand for your family, I know. Okay? Because Kara's family was brought that way. I don't see Heather Lim in here. I think she's maybe it's teaching some kids right now, but I know Heather Lim was. Okay? So there might be a couple more. If you were uh, 
if you were converted because someone from a local church came knocking on your door, raise your hand this morning. Somebody knocked on your door and converted you. Okay? If you were converted because of a media program, you watched a TV show, you listened to a radio program or something like that, and that brought you to Jesus, raise your hand. If you were converted because a friend or a family member told you about Jesus Christ, raise your hand. Raise them high. Thank you. It's better than 90%, folks. It's probably 98% in this particular crowd. That if you know Jesus Christ today... You know Jesus because a friend or a relative introduced you to Jesus. A friend or a relative witnessed to you about Christ. I'd like to say that people just walked into a church all by themselves, didn't know anybody, and the preacher stood up and converted them on the spot. I'd like to think that. But I'd be ashamed, so I won't have you raise your hands. There wouldn't be anybody. It doesn't happen very often. But it happens all the time that friends and relatives bring other people to Jesus. Because those people decide that they're supposed to be witnesses of what Christ has done in their lives. And so that's how we come to know Jesus. And that's how the next people who will come to know Jesus in our church are going to come to know him. The next people in our church, most likely, who are going to come to know Christ, are going to come to know Jesus because somebody in this room was their friend or their relative or their workmate. They were somehow in relationship with that person and they talked to them about Jesus. That is by far the most likely scenario that's going to happen in order for someone here to bring someone else to Jesus. It's just a fact. Now, you might think, well, that puts some pressure on us. But it doesn't. Instead of putting pressure on us, what it does is open up an incredible opportunity. A chance for you to have influence on some friend, relative, co-worker, neighbor with whom you have a relationship so that that person can come to know who Jesus is. That is an opportunity An opportunity that will fall in your lap. Because the Holy Spirit wants to do that in your life and in the life of somebody else. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Look at this passage with me. Look at the words of Jesus. In verse 4, it says, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, this is Acts chapter 1, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to come on the church, Jesus says. And so wait for it. Wait for it. The Holy Spirit is coming. 
Then in verse six, so when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They had in their minds that if the special event was going to take place, Jesus must be doing something big with his kingdom. And indeed he was, but just so much different than what they expected. Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the father is set by his own authority, but you will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, even to Calgary. That last part's a little bit of editorializing on my part. But you could read it in there. That would be legitimate. And so what we have here is the power, it says, of the Holy Spirit coming on the church. And I'm absolutely convinced that the words of Jesus here about us being witnesses of his is directly related to the power that comes on the church through the Holy Spirit. I've said before, you've heard me say, the book should not be called the Acts of the Apostles. That's not a, like the titles of these books is not inspired. This should be the acts of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church. Because that's what the book is about. It's about the Holy Spirit doing something in the life of the church. And in this case, making you a witness. The Holy Spirit has entered your life. And one of the major reasons, it's not the only reason. There's lots of reasons why the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. Well, one of the major reasons the Holy Spirit has entered into your life is to make you a witness. And he's empowered you. So that you can be a witness for him. Now, most of us, unfortunately, sit on our power packs. We don't do much with that. It's like there's this power stirred up waiting. I was talking with Trevor Wise up at the camp last couple of days. And he was talking about the, uh, you know, where's Sherry? Sherry's here somewhere. The, the, the electrical thing that you guys do, and I know you've got, you've got um, solar panels at your house, and, you know, and, and there are some times when they don't, they're not running too much electricity when the solar power is enough to actually power their whole home, and they can even send a little bit of power back to the grid. Well, that conversation turned into discussion about electricity and where it's stored and how we get it, and pretty soon somebody else was telling me about how in Okotoks you can be a part of a, uh, a subdivision that actually has... Uh, Pipes that are warmed running through the ground and they have to be at least eight feet underneath the ground. And as the pipes uh, are warmed all winter long, that I'm not going to get all of this right. But there's there's this sense in which uh, heat is produced and continues to go back to the homes because it was stored in the ground for so long. It's like all this heat is just there underneath the subdivision waiting to come back and power these homes in the same way that solar panels will power a battery and store it so the electricity can come out later. Well, the Holy Spirit is just there waiting. Not under the ground, but in your heart. He's not in a battery somewhere. He's there in your life. He's there in the opportunities that you receive to witness to the world about him. And so if you ever thought to yourself, I can't do this. I can't witness to Jesus. It's it's beyond me. I'm not capable. I don't have that gift. Don't worry about that. You don't have to have that gift. You don't have to have some special skill. The Holy Spirit is there to empower you so that you can be his witnesses. He powers the church. 
enabling us to talk to others about Jesus. All you have to do is live your life out before them in such a way that Jesus is testified through you. If Jesus is really part of your life, is he not at some point going to come up in your speech? Of course. If this church and your experience here means anything to you at all, are you at some point not going to talk about one of the most important things in your life, your time in the church and being part of a church family? It's going to come up. Of course it is. It's going to come up with your neighbors. It's going to come up with your coworkers. It's going to come up with your friends. Why? Because it's important to you. You grandparents, how many times a week do you say, do you want to see the pictures of my grandchildren? Because your grandchildren are so important to you. And I know about that now. If Jesus and our life together in Christ is so important, it's just going to naturally come up. You don't have to worry about special gifts. All you need to worry about is the Holy Spirit empowering you in your life to be the person that you are so that God makes you automatically his witness. And so we are called, every last one of us, to be a witness. Not necessarily a door knocker. People say, oh, I could never go out and knock doors. Well, nobody said anything about that. Nobody has asked you to be on the radio. Nobody's asked you to be a preacher. Nobody has asked you to do something that's absolutely beyond your comfort zone. All that God has said is, notice me. Have me part of your life in such a way that me living inside you sometimes just comes flowing out. You can't contain it when Jesus is inside you in that way. That is how we're going to witness. And folks, I would say this. That is how we're going to change the world for Jesus Christ. Like if you're thinking to yourself, the church doesn't have a chance to really move forward and do something powerful for Jesus. Our society won't allow it. People are way too worldly. They're thinking about all kinds of other things. Well, let me tell you, in this neighborhood around here, there are countless alcoholics. There are countless people on drugs. There are countless women who are being abused by their husbands. There are countless children who hurt. There are countless people who are out of work and wish they weren't. There are so many people who hurt, not just in this area, but in your neighborhood. There are so many people who need Jesus so badly. You don't have to look hard. You don't have to go out of your way. Open your eyes and open your ears and open your heart to what the Spirit wants to do for you as a witness. And you are going to see the opportunities fall in your lap. I've seen it over and over and over again. When a Christian decides that they're open to God working within them and witnessing to the world about him. Opportunities fall in their laps. That's what God does. And so be ready. If right now you're thinking to yourself, well, I guess I could do that. I could mention the fact to someone that the church blesses my life. I could mention the fact to someone that Christ has 
bless my life. If you're willing to do that, be ready this week for the opportunities to come to you. They will. I promise. That's what God's Holy Spirit does. He puts that in our way. And so anticipate it. Be ready for it. And when the opportunity comes, just witness for Christ. He has called you to do that. When he called these guys, 12 of them there were, he said, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to to all the ends of the earth. And they absolutely changed the world. Oh, what we could do if we were just ready to witness for Jesus and accept this call. I can't tell you the number of times in just the last two months that I have seen doors open and opportunities for lives to be changed in the lives of people who are in relationship with some of you. And I've been saying to people, I've been saying around the office, I've said to the elders, I said it to the men at the men's retreat. And I, and I know I'm stepping out on a limb here when I say this, but it's a limb of faith. I think that God is doing something. I think that God is about to use us in a way that we have not been used before. I think something's happening. I think that the Holy Spirit is about to put in our way people who need Jesus. I think the Spirit is about to put in our way opportunities for us to share about Christ. I'm not a prophet. I do think, though, that I'm discerning the Lord's will. I think I'm discerning God's activity. And if he's doing that, we should be ready. Because I think he wants to shower down blessings in the form of us witnessing to the world about Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, bless us just with openness. Openness to you. Help us to have eyes wide open to opportunities. Help us to have hearts that are wide open to you working through us. Help us to be seizing opportunities, not cowering from them. And Father, use us to witness before you in our world in such a way that lives are changed. Send your Holy Spirit on us, God, and do this among us. It's through Jesus we ask this. Amen. A couple more things I'll say. We're going to see a new banner up very quickly. The banner is going to say, and you shall be my, or and you will be my witnesses. Okay? It comes right out of this text from Acts chapter 1. And you will be my witnesses. We're going to be looking at the book of Acts through uh, the remainder of this church year. For the fall, spring, we're going to be talking from the book of Acts, talking about the Holy Spirit, ministering among us, and especially making us witnesses for Him. And so please... Be reading the book of Acts. Think about that. Think of, about your own responsibility and your opportunities to be witnessing for him. Second thing is, there's a new baby here. Weston Webb is among us. 
Is that right, Megan? I'd love for you to stand and show us this beautiful new addition to your family. Isn't she a precious one? Congratulations to the two of you on this wonderful blessing of this baby coming into your lives. Let's all stand and sing.